Well, hello again. We, uh, we're going to start this series today that's going to carry us through the next couple weeks, and it's called OMG. Now, let me define this for us. For those of you who do shorthand or are in the social media and text a lot, those, that term, OMG, is short for, oh my God. Now, we are going to reclaim that today. And it's no longer going to be, oh my God, it's going to be, oh my God, in honoring of him. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to stand. And what we're going to do together today is we are going to declare together the majesty of God. This morning, we have been reflecting on part of his character about his holiness. And so through the rest of this series, I'm going to encourage you that every time you hear those words, OMG, that you reflect back to, oh my God, because of who he is and not OMG, okay? So in the next few minutes, I'm going to read some things to you of declarations of who God is according to his word and who we have known him to be and who he will be forever and ever. And then we're going to read a scripture together. And I am going to highly, highly, highly encourage you to give God an extremely great, impressive, incredible shout of praise that you can possibly muster up from your gut to Jesus after we're done reading this scripture. So listen to this and let's just reflect on who God is according to the word. First of all, we know that he is the one and only God. He is Lord. He is creator. He is sustainer, the provider, the defender, and the healer. He is other than. He is not human. He is not unjust. He is not unrighteous. He is not flawed. He is not unbalanced, and he is not chaotic. He is peaceful. He is perfect. He is full of integrity, and he is holy. And we know this according to what it says in Revelation 4, 8. Would you read this together with me this morning? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Come on, church. Amen. You can be seated. You know, out of all of God's attributes, from his peace to his gentleness and his kindness to his mercy, there is nothing that grips our hearts more than when we begin to understand the brilliance of God's holiness. There is something about that word holy or that word holiness, that word that means other than that when we really begin to grasp what it really means, does it begin to transform our hearts? Does it begin to give us a new and fresh view and perspective of who God really is? You know, growing up in the church all my life, I was always told that God was holy. He was other than. But I never really understood what that meant 
I just assumed that he was holy <laughs> because I never knew what that word actually entailed. I never took the time and no one ever really told me and explained to me what that meant and how it affects our lives as Christ followers. And so this morning, we're going to break that down about what God's holiness entails, how it changes our lives, how it really affects us. So as I was preparing for this message, I kept thinking to myself, how can, how can I help illustrate God's holiness? Because we can talk about holiness all day long, and we can talk about what it means, we can try and conjure up what it looks like, but the truth is, is it's very hard to describe, describe God's holiness. So this morning, I am going to use the illustration of fire. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, fire, we can relate to because we can see it. We can, we can touch it if we're daring enough. We can smell it when it burns things. The beauty of fire is, is that it's powerful. It's beautiful to look at. It's sometimes we can contain it and harness it. Other times, we have a hard time doing that. The truth about fire is, is that it also can destroy if it's left by itself long enough, it can destroy. It can hurt. It can damage. But also, if we let fire go, it can transform things for the good or for the worse. The truth is, is I don't know how many of you parents are here uh, would actually, if I gave this to you and said, here, go ahead and give this to your four-year-old, how many of you would actually do that? Exactly, right? Because that four-year-old doesn't have a respect for fire yet doesn't really understand what that fire can do or what the possibilities that that fire can bring about. Probably that four-year-old would be a little reckless. Now, the truth is, is I could give this candle to any one of you, this lit candle right now, and you could have a choice as to what you could do with it. Because the reality is, is we could take this candle today and we could probably set fire to anything in this church. And we could destroy a lot of stuff. We could take this candle and we could use it for good. We could use it as a resource. We could use it to heat things up. We could use it to melt things down and restructure things. In the same way as this candle is full of fire, God has called us to be full of his holiness. The holiness of God that has the power and the ability to destroy. The power and the ability to transform within us. The same fire in that essence, the holiness of God, which we must gain a respect for and not take lightly, not mishandle or mistreat. Excuse me, I don't want to sit on this. When we begin to get a respect of God's holiness, we will begin to live a life that is totally different. And when we come face to face with God's holiness, we soon understand that holiness requires separation. Holiness requires separation. His name was Isaiah. He was a prophet, an Old Testament prophet. In fact, in Isaiah, we read in the, in the, in the chapters that are set before us and what we're going to read in a few minutes, we find that he was ordained and commissioned as a prophet a spokesperson for God to go to the nation of Israel, 
to be a public voice on behalf of the creator of the universe, the holy one, the one that is other than. And so the book of Isaiah, we can page through and we begin to find out that Isaiah, this this prophet, this Old Testament calling on his life as a prophet of God, we can see that he encountered the holiness of God firsthand. So this morning, I'm going to ask you if you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles or look on your outlines or else look on the screen. We're going to look at Isaiah's point of view regarding God's holiness. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Now, can you just imagine for a minute, moments ago, we rose to the occasion and we began to verbally declare the praises of God after reading Revelation 4 about the holiness of God. What would have happened if the doorposts would have begun to shake and the ground would have begun to tremble. Imagine what would happen. What would our reaction be? I think in the midst of that, I think we'd get real quiet. And I think we'd have this look on our face where we'd all look at each other kind of worried. And we would probably wait it out just to see if it's going to happen again. When I read this with Isaiah, I began to imagine what Isaiah must have felt and thought when he saw the holiness of God, when he saw the heavens open and this amazing encounter. He describes what he saw, but I thought to myself, I can't imagine the doorposts of Erie first trembling and shaking. I think I would honestly have to stop in fear. Do we have the fear of God within us today? Have we glimpsed and grasped the holiness of God so much that when God moves, we stop? When God speaks, we stop because we fear him. Just something to ask yourself. See, the holiness of God is awesome. Now, let me define this for us because see, in this day and age, Starbucks coffee is awesome. And that mac and cheese at Panera Bread, it's awesome. Oh, and don't forget that McGriddle at McDonald's, that's awesome. And that Dunkin' Donuts coffee and bagel in the morning, that's awesome. But you see what we do with our words? We downplay our words when it comes to God. French fries from McDonald's are awesome. And then we use in the same term, God is awesome. No, 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 no. See, all of those things in comparison to the Lord, the creator, the sustainer of the universe, all of those things in comparison to him are not awesome. God is awesome. 
God is awesome. Your little bagel with cream cheese is not awesome. It may be yummy and nice and delicious, but it is not awesome compared to the holiness and the power of God Almighty. I'm afraid that in the body of Christ, we have lost reality with God's holiness. Even though God is separate from us, he is still omnipresent, meaning that he's all around us. He is with us everywhere that we go. If we are Christ followers, it says the presence of the God is within us and we carry that with him, with us. But I am afraid, church, that we have lost the power of his holiness, that we have lost touch with the reality of who God is in understanding that he is still separate from us. If you haven't noticed lately, I don't see the throne of God resident down here. Because it says that heaven holds the presence of God. It says in Revelation that there is a throne set, meaning it stays there. There is a throne set in heaven where the God of the universe takes up space and residence. I really appreciate the Israelites we find through the scriptures because they had this understanding that God's holiness requires separation. When God called the Israelites and said, you need to come now and you need to worship me together as a community of faith, as a nation, he gave Moses specific instructions. And he said, Moses, here's the deal. I want to be with you guys. I want to take up residence with you, but there's a slight problem. When I show up, people die. It's not because I hate them. It's because of my holiness. It's because of my power. It's because of my presence and my glory. So we're going to have to make some minor adjustments. And if you read through the scriptures, you will see how detailed God was when he told Moses in building the temple. See, there was these three areas of the temple that when the Israelites would go to worship God, this is, this is a picture of what it possibly looked like, but it's pretty close. Because what would happen is, is when you went there, you would walk in and there would be the outer court. That was where everyone gathers. Everyone was welcome there as an Israelite. As, as a Jew, you were welcome in this place. But then there was this point beyond there that only few were to go to, which was called the holy place. So you had the outer court, but once you got to the holy place, that's where you stopped unless you were a priest. Unless you had been ordained and called at that time to go beyond into that area. So you had the holy place, but that wasn't where God showed up. One step further after the holy place was the holy of holies. Oh, baby, you don't want to go in there without permission. You see, you have to understand the authority and the power of God's presence was so intense that God instructed that when a priest would go into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a, a bell around their leg and a rope. <laughs> because if you weren't pure and you went into the presence of God, and when God would come down into that place, the Holy of Holies, you would die. And no one else was going to go in and get you. So they would take 
And when they would hear the bells stop moving, they knew someone had passed. And so they would take and they would pull you out of the Holy of Holies because they understood the holiness of God. Did you know that when the priests would go in, they would line the place, fill the place thick, full of incense? Not only as an act of worship, but as a, as a cloud, as a barrier, just to lighten the glory of God so that they could withstand. God is so holy that the word of God tells us no one can look upon him without dying. If God returned right now, we would die. That's reality. Because this physical body that we have, this tent, this casing, cannot handle the power and holiness of God because of our sin in our lives. The word of God tells us in the New Testament that light has no association with darkness. And God gives us this clarity. But it's only because of Jesus Christ, because of what he done, has done on the cross for us, that we have access to the presence of God. Otherwise, we would have no business being in the presence of God. But separation is needed. See, I want to challenge us as a body of Christ that we begin to treat God as holy in our thoughts, in our actions, in everything that we do. If we dummy down the holiness of God through our words, imagine what we do with our actions. Second, holiness reveals sin. It reveals sin. You know, I, I'm kind of concerned, and, and when I say the church, I include myself in this, but we have, to, we have to be careful in how we pray and what we really ask for. Us Pentecostals, we're fantastic, you know, at declaring God. We're de fantastic at declaring scripture and, and doing warfare and calling down the power. The healing of the Lord. We're fantastic at doing this. We are fantastic at knowing the word. We're fantastic at being people that are, that are powerful prayers. And we're fantastic at calling down all the fire from heaven and all these things. But one thing that is missing, we do not understand what we are calling for. I hear it a lot. We need revival. We need to pray more for revival. Revival needs to strike the church. We need revival, more revival. Oh, bring us more revival, Lord. Do we have a clue as to what we are asking for? We are asking the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in all of his holiness to come and manifest among us. Because see, we're all enthralled with the miracles, the miraculous, the people being set free and deliverance and all those things. But we forget one thing, the power of God, the holiness of God. Because listen to this, holiness of God gets real messy. The holiness of God gets real messy. Are we ready for messiness? Years ago when I was in school, um, we had a school retreat. I went to a Christian school. I never forget this because it's etched in my mind. There was a speaker who showed up. And after this, I, I, I literally hated this guy. But then after this, he actually became my mentor. <laughs> but we were in school 
And this guy shows up, real simple man. He was a pastor, just real simple guy. No, you know, no fireworks, no flash, nothing. You know, he was just, here I am, this is what I do. And he walks in with his guitar, he sings a couple songs, and then he preaches, just a real simple message. Preaches the message of salvation. And I'm thinking to myself, really? We brought this guy in? Like, you know, ooh, yeah, you know, real mover, real shaker. And this is what he says. This is what he says just before he gets done. He starts to walk away from the pulpit, and he comes back up, and he says, oh, yeah, one more thing. God's going to come visit you tonight, and he's going to mess all of you up. And then he goes and sits down. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, did he just say that God's going to come and mess us all up? So in my cockiness, in my rudeness, I mock him. And so all the rest of the day, I'm walking around, hey, guys, better get ready. God's going to show up and mess us up. Hey, guess what? You better not sleep tonight. Jesus is coming. <sighs> so that night I went to bed. Now I've worn glasses all my life. And so I have to have contacts in. And generally when you go to bed at night, I take out my contacts and I put my glasses on. Well, that night I didn't take off my glasses. I took my glasses, I kept my contacts in just in case. Because God wasn't going to show up anyway. So I lie in bed for hours, trying to hold my eyelids open with toothpicks practically. I finally couldn't fight it anymore, so I fell asleep. I don't remember the time exactly, but it was like three, maybe four in the morning. I woke up to these hideous screams. People just screaming and calling out for Jesus. I could hear people singing worship songs faintly in the background. And I was in the guy's dorm, and I remember sitting up and listening for a few moments, and I could feel this presence in that place. It was so thick, but I didn't know what it was. But it made me curious. I remember getting up, and I remember getting out of bed, and I remember walking over to the door, and I opened the door because the dorms were off, to, off, of, the, off of the auditorium. And I open up the door, and I look out into the auditorium, <laughs> and I see this group of guys who had willingly and openly denied Jesus for years, filled their life with drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and different things like that, laying on the floor, shivering and shaking, screaming out the name of Jesus. Over in this corner, here's a miracle for you. The section of people who could not hear since birth, singing on tune, worship songs to the Lord. We could actually see angelic beings flying through the place. I was so scared. I shut the door and I woke everyone up and I was screaming. <laughs> and I said, guys, guys, we have to go stop this. Something is happening and it's not good. <laughs> 
See, the reason why I wanted to stop it is because holiness is messy. And if those guys over there were crying out for Jesus in, in the life that they were living, then I knew that when the holiness of God would touch me, it was going to get messy. And I didn't want the holiness of God to touch me. Because when that holiness of God touches me, that means my sin comes out. Let's look at what Isaiah said about this in, in Isaiah 6, 5. He says, woe to me. I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have, been, have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Since God is 100% pure and righteous, when we get near him, our sin just bubbles to the top. Sin simply means that we miss the mark. It means that we're imperfect, that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we work, whatever we try to do, it says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned, all have missed the mark, that we all fall short of God's glory. Hence, that's why Jesus came to the earth so that we could spend rest of eternity with God because he loves us. But even with Isaiah, Isaiah, this prophet, this man who had been ordained and commissioned by God, set apart to be a messenger to the nation of Israel, even he says, oh my goodness sakes, there is something within me that is so unclean, I need to be purified once again. See, when the holiness of God is present, sin is revealed within us. When the holiness of God is present within our lives, we don't play games. When the holiness of God is in our lives, we get off the fence. And instead of doing this, we choose a side and we get down when the holiness of God is present in us. Thank the Lord that when God looks at us because of Christ and what he did on the cross, the Lord looks at us and he sees the finished product because of Christ. If it wasn't for Jesus, when he looks at us, we would have been dead a long time ago. That's why grace exists. Grace is that undeserved favor. Grace is that catalyst that pushes us towards repentance towards God and not away from him. Finally, holiness requires action. For the past few moments, we have been trying to digest this large quantity of God's otherness. I've been trying to give you bits and pieces of what his holiness entails and what it looks like and how it functions. But let me say this, that if we as Christ followers really begin to grasp if we really begin to take hold of the holiness of God in our lives, I really believe that we will live differently than what we currently live now. Did you get that? If we really grasp, really take hold, really meditate on, really think about, really digest the holiness of God and who he is, I believe that we would live differently 
Several weeks ago, about a month ago, I was laying in bed. It was early, early in the morning. It's around four o'clock. I woke up out of a deep sleep. And I could feel the fear of God in the room. It was so intense that I began, my heart began to flutter back and forth. It just began to move so rapidly. And it was almost like, like it was a moment of anxiety where I started to breathe really heavy, but it wasn't anxiety. It was the fear of God. I could feel the difference. And in the midst of darkness, I heard the Lord ask me this question, Jason, what are you living for? Why do you wake up every day? What motivates you? And I sat there in my bed for a few minutes, trying not to wake my wife and be quiet. And I sat there and I realized I can tell God all that I want to get him to try and believe why I'm living for him. But if I'm missing it, he's going to tell me otherwise. He calls us to action when we understand his holiness. If we really grasp his holiness... I think we'll begin to look at our situations differently. I think that we'll look at our workplaces differently. We'll look at our families differently. Look at our school campuses and our schools differently. We'll look at our church differently. Now, because I'm human, at first I was really stunned and weeks go by and I get into the busyness of the weeks and I'm doing this for Jesus, and I'm doing that for Jesus, and I'm doing that and this and this. You know, we've all been there, right? We all have things we do in the name of Jesus. God decides to pay me a visit again, but this time in a dream. Two weeks ago, I was sleeping in a deep sleep, and I had a very vivid dream. In my dream, it was very simple. It was just me and God, and all of his glory. And I stood before him in my dream, and with this thunderous voice, he says to me, Jason, if you knew who I have created you to be, you wouldn't live the way you live. It caused me to examine what I do every day for God or what I do in the name of God or why I do it. Church, if, if we get the holiness of God and who he is, we wouldn't live the way we live. We wouldn't pray the way that we pray. We wouldn't read the word of God the way we read the word of God. We wouldn't complain the way that we complain. We wouldn't wake up every day the way we wake up if we really grasped the holiness of God 
Look at what Isaiah says in verse six and seven. It says, then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. See, Isaiah understood the holiness of God because when he was touched by the holiness of God, he realized that there was a healthy fear that struck him. And that healthy fear that when it struck him, not only did he say that there is sin in my life, but then he said, I need to take action now. And when the fear of God really hits us, it causes our knees to bend. It causes us to lay prostrate before God in his holiness. It causes us to worship him in a whole different dynamic. See, let me encourage us this way. We were praying this morning with the worship team, and that was such a privilege. I had one up this morning just to say, hey, by the way, FYI, and so on and so forth. And they invited me to pray with them, and that was, that was just such a great privilege and an honor. And one of them prayed this. I said, God, just because we don't have a big band today, and we've quieted our worship and made it more acoustic and low. I pray that we would still worship you the same. I'm paraphrasing. But you know what? That hit me. And it made me realize this, that when we encounter the holiness of God, we don't need a, a special song to, to, to bend our knees before God. When we encounter this, the holiness of God, we don't need the, the right kind of music to lay prostrate or wait for that great crescendo when the drums get really high and we're waiting for that good guitar riff and then we, can, then we can lay prostrate before God. Oh, when we, when we encounter the holiness of God, we have no other desire than to let go of our pride and humble ourselves before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I appreciate what music artist Addison Rhodes sings about holiness. They say, I made you promises a thousand times. I tried to hear from heaven, but I talked the whole time. I think I made you too small. I never feared you at all. No, if you touched my face, would I know you? Looked into my eyes, could I behold you? What do I know of you? Who spoke me into motion? Where have I even stood? but the shore along your ocean. Are you fire? Are you fury? Are you sacred? Are you beautiful? What do I know? What do I know of holy? I guess I thought that I had figured you out. I knew all the stories and learned to talk about how you were mighty to save. Those were only empty words on a page. Then I caught a glimpse of who you might be, the slightest hint of you brought me to my knees. The slightest glimpse. See, we can't stand in the presence of God long without taking action. And whenever we truly focus on the holiness of the Godhead, on, on the Lord, on Jesus and the Holy Spirit, there should arise within us an appropriate response. And I want to give you three quick things. Three quick things, and these are going to be quick. 
First of all, when we encounter the holiness of God, we exalt Jesus. We have no choice but to begin to praise him because of who he is, because of his holiness. The second thing is, is that we reflect on his character. The more we reflect on God's character, the more we know who he is and the more apt we are to worship him regardless of our circumstance or our problems or what we are facing. Because we know his character so much, we know that even in the midst of our disappointments, we will rise up out of it because of who he is. And finally, we want to learn to share his majesty. See, as a Christ follower, we have, we are called and have the holiness of God within us for a reason. It's not to hold on to it and say, this is mine. I got the holiness of God. You don't. No, it's intended for us to share, to take with us into our workplaces, to our school campuses, and to our, to our high schools, and our junior high schools, and into our families, into the grocery store, to the lumber yard. Even when we're pouring concrete, we're supposed to have that holiness within us so that we can share it with others. The apostles in the book of Acts had such an understanding of the holiness of God that it says that the very shadow of Peter, for example, would touch the sick and they would be healed. Oh man, what would be the day when we grasp the holiness of God and we begin to live totally different than what we currently do and the holiness of God pulses through our veins and pulses through every ounce of our body that, that when we touch people, they're healed. That when we touch people, they say, I could feel something about you. I want to know what it is that you have. We're to share the majesty of Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me. Now, I haven't forgotten what day it is. I know that it's Mother's Day, but I haven't forgotten why we're originally here for. We're here for God. Church, I'm gonna challenge you this morning. I know that some of you probably have reservations for dinner. I know that some of you are probably worried about the roast that's home in the oven, but I'm asking you, can we move beyond to a new point of maturity as a body and say, I'm not worried about those things anymore because I'm hungry for the holiness of God. I'm hungry for more of the presence of Jesus. I'm not gonna be limited by the time anymore on my watch or my schedule. I wanna hunger for more of Christ. I'm gonna ask you and invite you. We're gonna sing through a song. And if you just say, I need more of Jesus. I'm not satisfied with where I am with me and God. And I just wanna to express to him in this moment who he is and let him know that I love him. I'm gonna encourage you to come to the front right now. Just come to the front right now. And I'll leave you with this. I'm not playing a guilt trip, but if you feel that you need to leave because you have reservations or something, by all means, feel free to go. But I'm challenging us. Let us rise to that place that God is calling us to rise to and express to him, back to him what he has given to us. So we're gonna sing this song one more time and I will come back up 
I tell you what, we're going to do this. I'm going to pray for you right now. And that's your dismissal. So if you want to sing, we're going to sing for a little bit. And if you need to go, then you need to go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for what it says in your word about who you are. Father, we thank you for the reality of your holiness. And Father, today I pray, God, that let this be the beginning for us of a new declaration of our worship. Let this be the beginning of a new place in our relationship with you. Let this change our minds and our view, Lord. And Father, as we worship you through song, let that be the first declaration of us saying to you, we want to know more of your holiness. Father, we love you and we thank you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name we pray.
with this prayer. Lord of Lords, 
King of Kings. King of Kings, Lord of Lords, I worship you. Go ahead and give him praise in this place this morning. Amen.